The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Eamon Dawson is going to do what he has been threatening to do all his life. He is going to win the World Championship as with total contempt he runs away from the entire field. A Scotland is a world champion. A superb confident run by a great athlete. A superb, brilliant performance. He is the undisputed champion of the world. Yes, that was the moment 40 years ago today, if you can believe it, that my next guest became a world champion. Eamon Coughlin, you're very welcome to the programme. How are you, sir? I'm very well, Kieran. Thanks very much. and very happy to be alive all these 30, 40 years ago to recall that glorious day in my life. Um, tell us about the day. Talk us through it. I mean, not not just the race and those big moments in the race, but the build-up, the morning when you woke up. I mean, had you a sense of destiny about it? Well, I was looking for redemption, having finished fourth twice in the previous Olympic Games. And sometimes they say it's often to finish fourth in the Olympics, but to finish fourth twice is <laughs> not too nice at all to carry that burden with you, I suppose. So I made sure that when I trained for the World Championships, the first ever World Championships in 1983, that I was going to try and get everything right, not overtrain, not overthink, and just uh, prepare myself as well as I possibly could. And I maintained that mentality throughout that year with all the races I had run, and particularly even that very morning of the World Championship Finals, and I made sure I got out of the bed on the right side, and I just carried a positive mental attitude all the way into the final. So there, there was no kind of nagging voice was there thinking oh it's going to happen again you know fourth twice we'll make it a fourth a third time albeit at Worlds this time uh, there were kind of voices emerging all right uh, in the backgrounds amongst the media in Ireland who were over there and some of the lads on the team when my number for the race was issued it was number 442 they were saying Jesus Cockler I hope that's not a bad omen I go what do you mean and they go well 4 to 76 4 to 80 maybe second now I said I'm going to turn that 2 into 1 so it was really a lot about playing just mind games. I knew how well I had prepared. I knew how disappointed I was. And I was just going to make sure that I was going to turn those disappointments around and really use that to drive me forward in a positive way. And you also need to a lot of luck on your side. And I was lucky enough that I wasn't injured that year. I was fresh in every way going into it. And I just made sure I didn't overthink it on the morning of the event. And even during the warm-up period, I just decided to keep my mind off it and keep as much energy, mental energy for the race itself. And how much of the race can you remember today? I mean, you know, because there's some, some athletes you speak to and, and all races kind of blur for them. Others remember yeah. every kind of step they ever took on a track. I wonder which camp you fall into. Well, it's funny, Kieran. I've never seen the race 40 years on from gun to take. Wow. Never. <laughs> However, if I was to see it, I'd be able to recall every step. But what I do clearly remember was I stuck to my a plan and my A plan was to just sit back for the first eight laps in the race make sure that I wasn't going to be too far out of contention that if there was danger ahead at any stage I could cover it and then the plan thereafter was after eight laps to start thinking like a miler I knew I was the fastest miler in the race I knew if I was fresh with four laps to go I could act like a miler and that's exactly how it played into my hands with a little bit of luck I got on the day Unlike the sprint events, I mean, the middle distance athletes and longer distance athletes, of course, um, like you've got time in a race as well to kind of for for doubts to emerge and to have to try and silence them. Uh, You know, it's not just kind of all out gun to tape. Um, So, I mean, did any of that happen or, 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 you know, were you so 
Were you so used to doing what you were doing at that stage in your career that, you know, it was just a matter of following the plan? Well, I, I was fortunate enough that I was used to winning and winning a lot of races. So I had a winning mentality, I had a racing brain going into it. But you're dead right. There's many times in races, whether it be at 1,500 metres or a mile in Madison Square Garden or anywhere around the world, after two laps, you'd be saying, God damn it, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> Maybe I could trip off the curbing on the track and get the hell out of here. But then you have to remind yourself, hold on, this is what I trained for all my life, all of these races. This is what it's supposed to feel like. And negativity that might enter into your mind uh, into a positive thing uh, by saying the other guys are hurting as much as I'm hurting. So on that particular day, though, there was no... Nothing like that creeping into my head at all. Everything I remember just being positive, staying in control, mentally in control, and observing what was going on around me uh, until those four laps to go. When you cross the line, uh, what like what's the the overwhelming feeling? Is it is it again a, a, a feeling on one level you would have been entirely used to, you know, given how often you won, but this was suddenly on a new level. So you know, was it different? Well, I suppose, to sum it up in one word, I'd say ecstasy. It was just one of the most gracious, satisfying feelings that one could experience. Uh, no matter what you do in life, when you achieve that one moment in time, which doesn't come too often for people, uh, it's one of the greatest feelings ever. And I suppose the fact that I had been disappointed so much personally, and even with all my friends and family and fans, if you like, around the world who were behind me all those years, they were when I lost in the games, but this time it was justification, it was redemption, it was ecstasy, it was just a lovely, lovely, lovely feeling that you dream of, and all of a sudden you realise, wow, this dream is now a reality and not a nightmare anymore. Uh, the, 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 was that then replaced by kind of a feeling of, on, on some level of relief as well, was it? Oh yeah. No question about it. Because I felt I made a stupid mistake in 1976 with the Games. Uh, should have won. Uh, didn't. That's the way it goes. 1980, I was lucky to even make it to the Olympics because I had stress fracture and I had um, dysentery problems when I arrived in uh, Moscow. I was lucky to make it into the final. But at the same time, I was hoping that I might have a bit of luck and a little bit of strength left to be able to kick you for the shifter at that final. And it wasn't to be. So I was fortunate enough, I suppose, to be able to turn those disappointments around. And then on that day of redemption, uh, that feeling by ecstasy, as I said, was there very much and great feeling. And I'm honoured and humbled to think that the media and my friends uh, are looking back all these years on to think that I'm still around to be able to cherish them. Oh, yeah. And, and you do cherish it, do you, Eamon? I don't cherish, cherish it in an egotistical way. I suppose I cherish it in a way of disbelief, especially when every year it comes around to whatever anniversary of times I may have run or world championships now. Uh, it's a moment, to, 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 a time to cherish all right and look back with pride that you gave it everything throughout your life to succeed at the highest level. There weren't many things happening in Ireland at that stage. and There was war in Northern Ireland. Uh, things were really, really tough. And I got tremendous pleasure and still do to this day of hearing the stories of people when their weddings were interrupted because Cochran was running and Crow Park almost came to a standstill and U2 announcing Phoenix Park that Cochran had won. Um, I look back and cherish that they were good lifts that I was fortunate enough to be able to provide for the Irish public all those years ago. Yeah, because it's, it's not often in, in, 
in athletics in this country that somebody breaks through to kind of capture the public imagination to that degree. You know, often it, it's athletics fans who are following athletics. But when you two are stopping in the middle of a concert to announce that, you know, Eamon Coughlin has just won, um, I, I mean, that that is, I guess it gives you a sense of how much certainly then, you know, you'd kind of transcend it just that sport. Yeah, and it's only really afterwards. It's only after your career comes to an end and people meet you and greet you on the streets and they talk about that iconic moment. And it was only funny my nine-year-old granddaughter said to me this morning, hey, Granddad, what time did you win the gold? And I go, what do you mean? And she says, isn't today your anniversary? <laughs> and I go, oh, yeah, I think it was three o'clock. <laughs> and she said, how do you remember that? And I said, well, I remember my mum, your nana Kay, she left the house in Cooley Road around three o'clock to go down to the church to say a prayer because she didn't want to watch the race of television. She'd be too upset. And... When she left the church, she wasn't sure what time the race was over at. She came a long way around up to Cooley Road, where we lived at the time. And all of a sudden, she heard our neighbours, the Johnson family, screaming and cheering. And all of a sudden, they poured out into their front garden. And my mother realised that I had won the race then. And I said to her after that, what we were talking about, and she said, Granddad, I see a photograph in the paper. What were you saying to that man going by? And I just said to her, I was saying, thank God I got it. <laughs> but it's funny I also said could you imagine now if I never clenched my fist and I just went straight by the Russia would people be even talking about it all these years on <laughs> um, listen I, I know you were in with me not too long ago for the Thursday interview and, and I should say people can listen back we had a great chat about a whole host of things but I don't, the, the world's coming up uh, uh, very shortly in, in Budapest I mean how excited are you for our, our current crop of athletes. I, heard, I saw a great statistic at the weekend. I think it took us 45 years to win our first 12 medals at European under 20 level. We, we've won the next 12 in just the last six years. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the World Championships and I'm very excited about the prospects in Irish athletics over the next five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. I think success breeds success and the younger athletes who are competing at the highest level today are inspiring those who are just on their heels and uh, these boys and gals have to stay on their toes. And we, on their toes. So when you see the likes of Rashida, she's a huge inspiration to the likes of Andrew Cosgren, who's run 330 for 1,500 metres. Young um, Luke McCann, also in the 1,500 metres. You also have then Nick Griggs, 18 years of age, out of Northern Ireland, who has run 335 for 1,500 metres. Like, phenomenal running. And then if you look at the... Sarah Lavin in the hurdles, Kieran McGee in the women's 1500 metres, Brian Fay in the uh, 5000 metres, 1301, he's run, and a host of other great young Irish athletes, even Sarah Healy in the 800, Mark English in the 800. So to see the depth of the Irish team now augurs really well for the future. And I hope that we could get two or three, if not four, uh, contenders into the, into, in, the, in the finals of the World Championships. And what I really like about athletics in Ireland today is it's gone around in a full circle now. The general public are reading it in the newspapers. There's more media coverage of athletics. More people are talking about athletics. And I think the athletes today realise that and they know they have to be on their game to succeed at the highest level. And I think they're aspiring to that. And we should see evidence of that if you can. Yeah, well, listen, really, really exciting. I know I'm going to be watching it all uh, closely, as I'm sure many will. Uh, Eamon, it's been a, a pleasure, as always. Uh, thanks a million Thank for talking you. to us. I appreciate the call and the acknowledgement of this great anniversary day. Thank you. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.